Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Running with all your might, breaking free of the things that held you back, running past the prisoners into free. Woo! That'll preach. That'll preach. Today is going to be easy to do, and I'm hoping that you're with me. Welcome to church on a Sunday. Glad that you are here. You look great, and what a day that it is. Happy 4th of July to all of you. What about Pastor Cassie with that national anthem? My goodness. So talented. My name is Pastor Justin. I serve as one of the associate pastors here. And whether you are in the room or watching online, thank you so much for taking the time on the 4th of July to devote to leaning into our community of faith. I know there are dozens of things you could be doing right now, probably burgers on the grill. If you're watching online and you're grilling, just pay attention to like both things. Be very safe, but we're glad that you devoted this time, and I believe that God is going to speak to you and encourage you. We're having some fun this summer in our Blockbuster Summer Series, and as you can tell, today is all about Forrest Gump, like the single most American movie that could possibly have been made. Do we have any diehard Forrest Gump fans? Like, love the movie. Yeah, Pastor Anthony is a serious Forrest Gump fan, and the other day I was like talking with him about this teaching, and I was like, so for you as a super fan, what is Forrest Gump about? And I love Pastor Anthony. He was like, it's about everything. It's about so many things. And I agree. And today we're going to focus on one dynamic, the idea of someone with their limits and inhibitions and challenges, figuring out how to run, how to move forward. Because that reminds me a lot of our spiritual life, how to run and what an effort it is. And so we're going to read out of Hebrews chapter 12, just three verses today. They might just change your life. Three verses. I'm going to be reading Hebrews 12 in the Passion Translation. And Hebrews 11 is all about the biggest names in the faith. Abraham and Moses and Elijah. All these huge names. And then Hebrews 12, it's about me and you. It says this. As for us, we have all these great witnesses. These people who went before us and encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that we so easily fall into. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. Today, the title of this message is what? I always thought Jenny was saying in that clip all growing up, so I titled this what I thought she was saying, run for it, run. (laughs) Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day, and I thank you for everyone who's watching. We're asking that you would speak to us. Let your word be built up in us. We need you. And I'm asking for everyone in the room who needs a miracle. God, we're praying for families who are holding on to hope. We lift up the Sullivan family right now. God, we're speaking a healing word in Jesus' name, Father, for that family and for many others who are depending on a miracle today. 
Lord, we're speaking and agreeing in faith. And yes, while many of us are celebrating, Lord, we know there are those who are hurting today and we're asking for all of heaven to surround and encourage and build up those who are needing a miracle. We declare it and we thank you that your word is going to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, it is good to have a holiday. Really excited to spend this time all together. We hope you have the best day today. And in today's message, as we're encouraged, I'm believing it's going to refresh you in your life and give you a little bit of that refocusing and energy for this life. Because throughout scripture, following Jesus is really, it's equated to running a race. And running is tough. Do we have any people who love to run in here? Like, yeah, okay, a few aliens, yeah, all right, okay, okay. I mean, I got a lot of energy, but running at some point, at some point your body's like, what are you doing, bro? Like, what's, yeah, like, what's going on? I remember, like, the most ambitious run I ever took was uh, we were on vacation in ba- Barcelona, which you have to say it like that, Barcelona. Um, but this was pre-pandemic, you know, when you could get on an airplane and fly somewhere and not be worried. Uh, so we were in Barcelona, and I was like, well, there's an Olympic village here. I got to run. And at that point, I was doing, like, 5Ks, maybe 10Ks, and I was like, I'm going to half marathon it today, babe. <laughs> like, who? Why? Like, <laughs> so I'm just thinking I'm going to go and run in the Olympic Village. When else might I get this chance? So I just set out and I was like, peace. And I'm in a foreign country just running in the streets. Really strange situation. <laughs> and as I'm running, I didn't really look ahead at what the path was going to be. And it was all staircases. <laughs> just constant. I don't know how many miles I actually ran because, you know, like my little GPS tracker is as the crow flies, but I know I was going up and down some things. And I always look back at that run, which I did, but I will never do again. I always look at that run and think of our faith here, what it is to follow Jesus, is that it is a long distance, high effort commitment to completing this race. And this passage here talks about what it is to follow him, to run this race. And yeah, it talks about all these big names in the faith before us, but following Jesus is like participating in a relay race. The baton that Abraham and Moses held has been passed down generation after generation. And now it's in this brown, half Dominican, half Irish hand. It is in your hand. Like we are the ones. There is no Peter or Paul. It's Justin and it's Amanda and it's, it's Lynette. Like it's us. We're running that race today. It's our turn. And so we have to pay attention to the race that lies before us. And it's not an easy race. I want to point your attention to what it says in that first verse there. We'll be able to run life's marathon race. Someone say marathon. Marathon is long. It's long. This is not short pace. This is not a sprint. And if we're going to focus on a lifetime of following Jesus, we need to pay attention to form and pace. Because if you're just trying to sprint it out, if it's just 30 seconds, like, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to, like, even if you fell, you would make it, you know, like, I can just get there if it's a 30-second sprint. But if I'm looking at a lifetime of following Jesus, and not just this race ending with my life, but passing on to my children and to their children and to their children, having a generational vision, you have to recognize the way I run really matters, It really matters. My pace matters. My form matters. Because if I'm not running correctly, I might end up hurting myself, and hurting myself might affect my race. And too often, when we forget how long this race is, we get obsessed with a moment, and we don't care what it takes to get that moment, and so we compromise the long-term commitment. And I want you here alongside me running this race until until we have nothing left in us. 
This is about following Jesus for the long haul. And in, in this passage, what we look at here in verse 1, it says, so we must run this race, let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. This race that it's talking about matters. And it's not always pretty. It's not always easy. And if you think Christianity, if Instagram has caused you to believe that Christianity is about being flashy and put together and filtered and perfect, then you need to revisit who Jesus was. Because he says, if anyone wants to follow me, they're going to have to pick up their cross. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult, but it's going to be worth it. Lest you think that it's all, if religion has lied to you and made you believe that following Jesus is all about your pain and punishment, let me encourage you. It is hard effort, but it is so worth it. And you're going to find freedom and abundance of life that he intended you to give. Following Jesus isn't about breaking you down. It's about bringing out of you the abundance that he came to bring you, man. Like, this is something so much bigger than the external. But if you're going to run this race, you have to make a decision. A decision that you are going to run and you're not going to stop. That's not easy. (laughs) You have to make a decision that I'm going to run and I'm not going to stop. Now, we know life happens. Life can slow us down. But there's a difference between slowing down and stopping. Slowing down is reacting to the the circumstances of your life. Stopping is giving up in your soul, on the inside, allowing what happens around you to change the commitment within you. And there have been times in my life, whoa, buddy, my stride is good. My pace is good. And there's been other times where it is barely one foot in front of the other. But friends, I'm telling you, if you keep moving, if you don't quit, you win. The goal is not to look good. The goal is completion, finishing this race. And if you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win. So if there's anyone here today who is on the verge of just giving up on this life or on following Jesus, let me encourage you, do not stop. You have come this far. Can you think about everything you fought through? You have fought for so long. If the depression is heavy, I understand, and it has been heavy for years, and every morning you wake up and you figure out how to put one foot in front of the other. Don't let today be the day that stops all those other days that you fought through. You fought to get to here, so let's keep fighting and keep moving forward because that's what a runner does. You're a runner. You're moving toward a finish line, and we cannot stop. you got to make that decision because if you don't make a commitment to this race, you're never going to succeed. We'll come back to this later, but this verse talks about something really interesting in verse one. It says, so since I'm a runner, I have to let go of every wound that has pierced me and the sin I so easily fall into. It's important to see this distinction because what the author is saying is get rid of anything that's slowing you down. Yeah. Anything that's slowing you down, especially the sin that's holding you back. But there's more than just sin holding you back. There's also wounds, weights, things that have happened in you that are slowing you down. And what would you think if I showed up to a foot race with you? Like we had this plan and it's a, it's a big race. What would you think if I showed up dressed like this? I mean, I know you would think he is handsome. <laughs> like, I thank you guys. <laughs> really thank you for, I needed that. It's been a big week. So thank you for thinking that. But in addition to that, you would think, what? It, this is not going to work. Those boots, that jacket, it, it, it's not, it doesn't make sense for the race. And there are a lot of things in our life that might have been acclimated to, and we figured out how to just live with these certain weights in our life or these certain dysfunctions, but they make no sense in the race that you're running. You're on mission, you're on purpose, and there are certain things that just have to go. Good old Forrest 
he was in a situation where he had dysfunction, physical issues in his body, and his muscles weren't strong enough. His legs weren't strong enough. And so he had built braces to to acclimate to the dysfunction, a system that was built around the dysfunction, but that system was restricting his movement, his ability to grow stronger and push through it. And so not only was there a flaw internally, but a flaw had been built externally. And so now he's running with these braces, these limits that eventually they don't work anymore. I can't go with those weights on my back. I can't go with these braces on my legs. I have to not only break free from that, but also heal from whatever is wrong in me because I'm on a race. I'm running. What system of dysfunction have you been bracing in your life instead of healing in your life? We figure out how to limp on our pain, like, ooh, 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 that hurts. This area of my marriage, ooh, it hurts. Trusting people, ooh, it hurts. Church hurt. Man, I was hurt bad at my parents' church, so ooh, I'm not going to get too involved in this church. I'm just going to go because I love Jesus, but mm-mm, don't get me in growth track. Mm-mm, don't get me involved. I hope that pastor doesn't talk to me because my last pastor betrayed me, and so I have pain, and I don't want to actually face it, so I'm going to keep weight off of it. And look how slow you're moving in this race. If you're going to pick up the pace, you need to heal, my friends. Is it, is, it, is it sin to have pain in your life? No. Of course not. Things happen. But trauma slows you down. And for a runner, it makes no sense to stay in the pain, to stay in that hurt, to stay in that bitterness. You're going to have to do some work to be able to pick up the pace. And that's, what, that's the point of the race. If I showed up to a race like this, yeah, these clothes might be cool, but they don't make sense there. Even in ancient Olympics, runners would strip down as far as they could so nothing would slow them down. And today, runners wear the lightest possible clothing, lightest possible shoes, the most wind-resistant material so that even those milliseconds can be achieved because they have one goal. I'm not trying to look good. I'm not trying to be comfortable. I'm trying to run as fast as I can. And that's the point. And so, yes, sin can hold us back. And if I was writing Hebrews, I would start with the sin thing because it's like the easy target, target, like stop sinning, everyone. And he gets to that later. But the first thing he says, he says we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. There are wounds that keep us from running effectively the race that God has called us on. Your choice is not always like what's right and what's wrong. The question is, is it healthy? So often people are like, is this sin or not, pastor? I'm like, okay, is our one goal here to just like avoid sin? Or are you trying to be healthy? Are you trying to grow? It's so much more than just sin avoidance. Is there something that's hindering you? Something that's slowing you down? Is there a wound in your life that you must lay aside? Everyone take a big breath in and out. Because I'm going to go in here for a second. We'll talk about sin in a bit. But wounds, your emotions, what you've incurred in life. All of us have wounds. Unless you had like the perfect life, then please come talk to me because I want you to teach me. (laughs) But all of us have wounds. You have been hurt by someone, betrayed by someone, wronged by someone, abandoned. A situation didn't go like you thought it would. A dream seemed like it just crumbled in front of your face. A diagnosis. Something has happened that has brought about a wound in your soul. And if you didn't hear last week's message, my beautiful wife, you are wonderful, preached a message on the soul that I am still speechless over. Please listen to it again because 
what she talked about is basically I'm encapsulating here that our soul incurs wounds and we, if we don't take care of it, it's going to affect us. And I, I want you to be able to be healthy in your soul. And so does Jesus. But those wounds affect your pace. What are the wounds in your life that are affecting you? And I get it. Sometimes you didn't even ask for the trauma. Can we be real in church? Can we? <laughs> Everyone's like, please don't. Please tell a joke. <laughs> Trauma's real. Abuse is real. You didn't ask to be sexually abused. You didn't ask to be raped. You didn't ask to be cheated on. You didn't ask to be physically abused. You didn't ask to be stolen from. You didn't ask to be hurt. You may not have asked for trauma, but you better ask for healing. You may have not had anything to do with what hurt you, but you will have everything to do with what heals you. That person might not even be in your life anymore. They might not be thinking about you anymore, but you have work to do to get back on your race. And it's not fair. I know in our justice system, in our minds, we like to think, well, if they wronged me, they better make it right. Honey, that's just not going to happen. They might have wronged you. They might have hurt you. But you have to reclaim your authority and step toward healing. Go to the healer. Do the work. Because otherwise, you keep putting power back in the hands of the one who hurt you. Take back that power and say, you might have hurt me. You might have wronged me. But I'm going to let Jesus heal me. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to do the effort. And it might be a setback, but you can still be healed and get back to your pace. Get back on the track, back in the race, because otherwise your entire race is based on whether or not another person is going to come back and say, I'm so sorry. It might not happen. You may not have asked for trauma, but you better ask for healing. You better do the work. Talk to your pastors. Get in a social group. Get in counseling. Get support. Do what you need to do to heal so you can be comfortable. No, so you can run because you are on a race and it matters. And your wounds are affecting you. They are slowing you down. The message paraphrase says it this way. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual weight. And you might not have been the guilty party. You might have been the victim. But the fact that you were victimized has turned into a victim mentality. And you are now waiting for someone to come make it right when Jesus has already made the way for you to be healed. So you've got to lay down that hurt and pain so that you can pick up healing. Too often we spend all of our time just trying to justify our actions. Well, I'm hurt or I was wronged or I got trust issues or I've been violated or uh, something, went, something fell apart in my life or I've got trust issues, whatever it is. And we're justifying our actions. And I get it. I get it. What you've been through is impacting you. Your anger might be the most justified emotion in the world because it's unthinkable what someone did to you. Your anger makes sense, but not in a race. <laughs> My outfit is cool. It makes sense, but not on a track. I get it. What you've been through, where you are today, but remember you are running a race with purpose and some things just can't go there with you. You're going to have to heal through it. You're going to have to work through it because you got a baton in your hand handed to you from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses, and you're going to pass it on to your children and your children's children. I can't let this hurt that happened to me stop the relay of this whole legacy that was built for and started by Jesus himself. It can't end with me. So I got to heal, not for my sake, but for the sake of this relay. I got to go through the work. I've got to heal. And if you've got wounds, 
Wounds in your identity, wounds in your sexuality, wounds in your life, wounds in your marriage, wounds in your psyche. Healing is what God wants for you, not just for your comfort, but for this race that you're running. It's, a, it's like a weight that is strapped on you, and it's time to shed that. There may be things in your life that aren't wrong, but they aren't good. And I think often in this case, when we're talking about running, there's a lot of people running the wrong way. When your wounds are unhealed, they cause you to run the wrong way. Because emotional wounds demand medication. So if you, when you're feeling lonely, your soul is going to look for belonging. And if you're not healing in a healthy way, you're going to look for belonging in the most unhealthy ways. So if your family of origin was dysfunctional and you never felt like you fit, you were never told, we love you, we accept you, we appreciate you. You grew with this feeling of I don't belong. And so then the first group of people you found who celebrated you, who felt like they loved you, now you find belonging in an unhealthy place. They don't actually love you because they're never going to tell you the truth. They're never going to talk to you about what's actually going on in your life. They don't provide actual covering. So you went from one dysfunction to another. The only difference is it struck a chord and made you feel that that, that pain was being medicated, and so now you're caught in a cycle of running the wrong way. If you're feeling lonely, it's a painful feeling. And that wound is not being addressed healthily, so you will run to whatever makes you feel seen and known. Even if it doesn't heal the wound, it's just medicating the wound. Or maybe you're sad. Let's talk about sadness. We give so little room for it. Sadness, depression, especially us dudes. Let's talk, I mean, guys, like, I've been there. Especially as dudes who are believers. And it's like, oh, don't be sad. Like, suck it up. Tough it up. God's good. I'm good. We're all good. And so what do we do? To medicate that feeling of sadness, we just work hard. And we work extra hours. And we stay late. And we work hard because we're going to provide for our family and work extra hard. And you are so busy because you, and so that way you never feel sad because you never have time to feel anything. And your workaholism is just an attempt to numb the feeling. God doesn't want you to be numbed. He wants you to be healed. And sometimes healing is all the way through some direct pain. <laughs> Come on, you can give him praise. You're running the wrong way, friends. Running the wrong direction just because of those wounds. If you're going to get back on track, it's going to come through healing. Healing, which is what Jesus wants for you. You're not average people. We're not, we don't just have the, the freedom to just do whatever we want. We're runners. We're on, a we're on a race here. Your life is important. You're meant to run for it, not run for it. <laughs> Literally always thought that's what you were saying. I was a kid, though, so I get a free pass. I was hearing it in Spanish, maybe. So <laughs> you can't just do whatever you want. Everyone knows, like, I'm pretty loud. I'm pretty crazy. I love to dance. I love to have fun. And if I wasn't running a race after Jesus, why not just party every night? Like, why not just do whatever I want and laugh and pursue pleasure all I want? Is there a problem with having fun and dancing? No, but does it make sense when I'm running a race? Does it make sense to do it every moment of every day? No, there are times where I'm going to have to discipline my life and have to work on some things. And what in your life maybe is like, okay, but it's not contributing to the race. It's negatively affecting your race. Certain conversations that you engage in that slow you down. <laughs> Certain relationships that slow you down. 
They might not be bad, but are they good? Do they contribute to the race? There are also certain impulses we have to control if we're going to run like a winner. The impulses we have to control are the impulses to do things that will slow us down, pursuing those, those fleshly desires, things that will weaken our passion for God, things that will distract us. The serious athlete doesn't just say, how can I get by? No, of course not. First of all, I'm so excited the Olympics are coming back. Anyone else, like, they are so, emo- everything I see, I'm like, <laughs> like, they're just so moving. The stories are so wonderful. But an Olympic athlete doesn't say, okay, so what's, what's, what's the bare minimum? Right. No, of course not. You're not asking, what can I get away with? It's what will help me maximize my performance. What's the best choice? So the mature Christian doesn't say, how far is too far? Because, man, I get that question a lot. Pastor, how far is too far? Is that really what we're asking? Or do you want to run this race? What will make me run the best? What will maximize my performance? What will stir up the most passion for God? What will strengthen my longing to love him? What will fan that flame in, within me? Those are the kind of decisions that help us run. And take note of those impulses that are steering you elsewhere. It's more, uh, more than just about sin avoidance. It's about healing and doing right. Yes. So many people think being a mature Christian is I finally stopped doing bad. Yeah. Man, that is like 101. The real challenge is I finally started doing right. Come on, yeah. Do you know what it takes to yeah. do right, to let Christ live yeah. through us, to actually do what this Christian life is, to pray for one another, to sacrifice, to love selflessly, to give. There's so much right that is in front of you to do, and you're, you're here focused on let me just not cuss, let me not sleep around, let me not do the bad. Right. Friends, there is a whole race in front of you that is going to require you running in different ways. And so that's why we have to make a change in the perspective that we approach this race with. If you think Christianity is just about stopping your bad behavior, you've missed it. This is not about behavior modification. This is about a heart transformation, pursuing Jesus and actually running a life that pleases God. And so, yes, you have to heal in those wounds. But make no mistake, the verse also talks about sin. And can I, can I read it to you once more, just on a theological note? It says, we must let go of the sin we so easily fall into. Someone say easily. easily. Some of y'all are too saved. <laughs> and you have convinced yourself that sin is hard for you to do. Like, I'm just so distant from sin. I've worked. No, if the writer of Hebrews can say it's easy to fall into, then all of us need to admit we are all one choice away, one decision away from falling right back into sin. You know who the, who the book of Hebrews was written to? The Hebrews. <laughs> The Jewish people who had the law for centuries, they had all the rules, all the regulation, they had the temple worship, they had the ritual, the cleaning, the atonement, they had everything, and yet to them, this, this book says, it's easy to fall into sin. It's easy for us, and if you do not admit that it's easy to fall in sin, you will never be vigilant about sin in your life. If you don't think it's a threat, you'll never treat it like a threat. You're like, ah, I'm good. I'm, that's why the Bible says pride goes before a fall. Because if you think you're good, you're never going to put up boundaries in your life. And then one day you get too close to the edge and that boundary isn't there and you fall into sin. 
If you realize, oh, wretched man that I am, if I got up to that boundary, I would go over it 10 out of 10 times. If the plate of cookies is there, I know myself, I'm going to devour the cookies and the plate. It's not that I am somehow some sanctified person that never desires sin. No, Jesus has set me free not to do what I want, but he set me free from doing what I want, which is always going the wrong way 10 out of 10 times. But it's still easy. I'm saved, but it's still easy for me to go right back there. How do I know this? Think of Paul, who is like, this guy got like direct revelation from God, like got to see Jesus. And you know what he said? I have to die daily, daily. It's not a set it and forget it kind of situation. No, every day I have to render my will and subjugate myself to Christ. Because if I didn't, I'll be sinning like that. (laughs) It's like right there. And we don't like to talk about this in church. We like to believe That in here, everything's good, and out there is all the sin. No, daily, I need to be redeemed. Daily, I need to be renewed. Daily, I need to make this right, because it's easy for me to sin. It's it's the path of least resistance, and it is right there at your fingertips, unless you start to be vigilant and set up some boundaries. Boundaries. Someone say boundaries. Boundaries. I've had people come to me, and you know, like, and I know Dr. Gary has all through these years, people who have, like, their whole life falls apart. And invariably, I hear the same thing. I don't know how this happened. It's because it happens one decision after another. No one wakes up and says, I'm going to throw away my family today. Of course not. It starts with a step and then another step and then another step. And sin will always find you. You are not getting away with anything because sin has a paycheck and the paycheck is death. God is not calling you out of sin to expose you. He's saying, get out of there because he's trying to protect you. Because sin is coming to destroy your life. That's what it is. It eats away at the very functioning of your life. And so every time, and, and let me give you a word of caution. If you are getting away with something right now, be very careful because it is only reaffirming the belief that you're going to be all right. And like, oh, this isn't costing me anything. And sin just waits and it lets you get away with it, lets you get away with it, lets you get away with it until you are so far gone that boom, in one moment, all the lights turn on and everything is exposed and the bridges have been burned. That's what the enemy wants to steal and kill and destroy. First of all, you're not getting away with anything. God sees and knows all and he's not looking at you to get you. He's looking at you to pull you out of what is destroying you. And when we are in cycles of sin, I I like to say it this way. It's like we have the God switch. It's like, God, I love you. You're gyro. You're always there. But then we think, oh, well, he's not there, you know, after 11 p.m. He's not watching this. Like, God, you're always with me, but you're not with me when I get that text. Do we believe he's there or not? Because if we believed he's there, maybe it would change the way we behave. But we have relegated God to the moments we want him to be there and not when we want him to be there. If he's there, he's there. And our sinfulness has to be brought to him. We have to repent. We have to actually let Jesus into these areas of sinfulness in our life. And it's so easy to fall into it. This is the stuff that is wrong. It catches up to you. It keeps you from being able to run. It can completely ruin the pace that you're running in this race. And you can't not get away with anything. And he's speaking to save you. If you're in an area of sin in your life, you've got to get out. Because you're running a race. And you know what? In wounds, I talked about how people run in the wrong direction. I think in this area, one of the biggest factors is that we aren't running hard enough. Following Jesus, you're kind of like, just like chilling, you know, like that slow jog. You aren't running hard enough. Because if you were, things would look a little different. But the problem is, 
we're about to get very, very real in church. Buckle up, folks. I think the real problem behind a lot of our sinfulness is that we are bored. You have too much energy pent up in you. Because your, your pursuit of Jesus happens for about 75 minutes on a Sunday morning. Maybe in a podcast if you're in traffic sometimes. Maybe. And that's about it. So you have all this energy that was meant for the race, but it's like pent-up energy. Like my five-year-old who when he's been in the house all day, he's like, <laughs> like it's pent-up. We have all this pent-up energy, but then what happens? We don't know what to do with this energy that was meant for our race after Jesus. So I've got all this energy, and I haven't really used it, and my life feels kind of empty. And I just work, and then I get home, and I still got all this pent-up energy. And then I lay down at night, and I'm feeling lonely, and I get on Insta, and I see a picture, and it's a fitness picture. First of all, these are not your muscles you're showing, ma'am or sir. And I see this fitness picture, and I click, and then I click to a hashtag, and then like, man, that makes me really think about something, and then I do a quick search, and now I'm just quickly looking up porn, and now I'm just quickly engaging in sexual immorality, and then I get that DM from my ex, and now I'm talking to them, and now we go meet up, and it's just to meet up and hang, but we end up doing way more than that, and it's all because there's this pent-up energy within you. Am I preaching to people, or am I preaching to robots? And then you come to a pastor and you're like, I don't know how this happened. It happened because you were bored. It happened when you opened Instagram, when you had all that pent up energy. You know what else you can do at 11 p.m. at night? Throw your phone to the other side of the room. Get on your knees and seek the face of Jesus. Pour that energy into pursuing him. Yes, I know you got a lot in you. Why not let it out? Why not chase him? You would have a lot less energy for all of those sins. You'd have a lot less interest because when I lay down at night, my goal is to say, God, I gave you everything I got today. I'm exhausted. I'll see you tomorrow. Like, that's the hope. That's the hope is that I didn't save anything left because I gave all my energy to pursuing Jesus. And so when my booty call comes, sorry, I ain't got nothing left for you. I gave it all to Jesus. When temptation comes, sorry, I have no energy. I'm too tired. I gave it all to the race. I gave it all in the right direction. And so if your life is stuck in sin right now, can I give you some pastoral advice? Give more to Jesus. You come to church and you're like, that's fun to watch. I like their screen. (laughs) No, get so involved that you're here every time the ding dang doors are open. Like I'm gonna go to growth track. I'm gonna get on a team. I'm gonna get in a small group. I'm gonna do whatever I can and give the energy to this race. If you got like a lot of worry and anxiety because worry is a sin, Jesus said, do not worry. He didn't say, I hope you don't. He said, do not. And if you're laying in bed worrying, 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 turn that energy into prayer and bring those things to the feet of Jesus because worry is a prayer to fear. Worry is a prayer to fear. So turn your prayers to Jesus and why not start to let faith permeate your life? I believe you've got way more energy than you realize. It's just going in the wrong directions and you haven't been running this race hard enough. What if you started following Jesus as hard as you're chasing sin? What would happen? What would happen if you would answer Jesus as quickly as you'd answer that DM? What would happen if you say, yes, I'm there? Yes, whatever you say, I'm there. What would happen if you ran to him like you ran to the ex? What would happen if you ran to him like you ran to the drug? What would would happen if you prayed as much as you feared? What if we took that energy and put it into the race? 
Friends, I think you would hit that stride and you would make a run for it like never before, but it's not gonna come when you feel like it. It's gonna come from a decision. You have to make that choice. You have to take that step. Verse two says, so look away from the natural realm and focus on your attention and expectation on Jesus because he birthed the faith within you and he's leading you forward into its perfection. His example was this, his heart was focused. Someone say focused. It was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. So he endured the agony and the difficulty. It's all about focus. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. Where you're looking is where you're going. So look at Jesus, look at Jesus, look at Jesus, look at Jesus, look at Jesus. Because where you're looking is where you're going. And what do I do when the race gets difficult? Because I don't want to sugarcoat this. Don't leave here thinking, oh, pastor, hype me up. It's gonna, I got this, living for Jesus. This is the, the easy way. No, no, no. It will be way easier to go another way. Broad is the path that leads to destruction. You could do nothing and get there. But narrow is the path, hard is this path. It's specific. Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow me, they gotta pick up their cross, deny themselves. It's hard, it's difficult. There will be moments where you don't feel like you can do it anymore, but that's exactly how I felt running that half marathon. I don't wanna do this, why Why am I doing that? All those questions will come up, but you have to make a decision that you will not stop. You have to determine what kind of race you will run or else your feelings will. You have to determine what kind of race you're running or else your feelings will. And there's a million reasons not to run this race of the Christian life. It will be painful. It will be costly. It will hurt. You won't get to enjoy what others get to enjoy. You won't be comfortable. You won't get to hide in the shadows. You won't even want to do it sometimes. There's a million reasons not to run the race, but the one reason we do far outweighs the million others, and it is our prize, and it is Jesus. Jesus is the finish line. Jesus is the prize. He is the completion of this race, and is that enough? We sang it all day. You are enough, forever enough. Is he enough for you to be able to run? He's worth it all. And when you get tired, verse three says this, consider carefully how Jesus faced his intense opposition so that you don't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. I don't take for granted that there are people here who started with all the right intentions, running this race as best you could, but today you are tired. Today you are worn down. Can I bear my soul for a bit here? I've been there grew up in this church, running around these, these seats right here. Like when she was my friend and we were 10 and 11, I was sitting right there. Now we moved six inches over and it's like, oh, life has changed. No, I was a kid right there and I'm just sitting right here. Nothing's, nothing's changed in that sense. It's not like I'm somehow untouchable. And I started, when I said yes to Jesus, I was like, yes, yes, yes. All the passion, all the energy, all the enthusiasm. And if today, I know I'm still in like the first quarter of my race, I got a ways to go. I'm listening to people who have run their race and have a lot of wisdom. I get that I've got a long way to, do, to go, but I've learned some things. And if I could go back to that boy who was sitting right there, just all passion, all enthusiasm, I would say, just make sure you're not running on feelings. Just make sure you're not addicted to the energy because there will be days you're not gonna feel the energy. There's gonna be days you're not gonna want to do this and make sure your commitment can endure that. This gets hard and if you're tired today, I can tell you that in my life, when I have been tired spiritually, burn out, which is one of the biggest threats in my personal life, when I burn out, bad things happen in my marriage, in my spirituality. I'm not made for burnout and neither are you. 
I've burned out probably three serious times in my life. My mental health suffered, my life suffered. And I aim for that never to happen again. But as I look back at the times that it did, when I burnt out, it was because my eyes had come off of Jesus and onto either myself in insecurity or others in jealousy. So I'm like competing and trying to perform and be better and be more and be aggressive and adrenalizing my own efforts and like, let me just push and push. And while I'm still trying to exercise pace, I've lost sight of form and I'm running sideways and wrong and breaking my own ankles in the process. Or I'm looking at me and doubting myself and letting anxiety riddle me and depression and fear. I've been there, friends. And I did not restore that energy by just a pep talk by just getting around the right people. No, it had to start within me and it had to start with me putting my eyes back on Jesus. By saying, I'm sorry that I looked anywhere else because when I sat right there, I didn't care what anyone said or thought. My eyes were on you and somewhere along the way, I looked in another direction. And that's why my soul is tired because you're the only one who can sustain me. You're the only one who is enough. You're the only one who I can keep going for. So if you're tired, friends, if your soul is weary, it's not because of what someone did to you. It's not because of your bills. It's not because of your situation. Those things around you do not have the power to break what is in you. If you're tired, it's because you lost sight of the very reason for this race. You've got to get your eyes back on Jesus because otherwise you're just chasing needs. You're throwing away everything that you have built thus far and chasing needs. Just because you're feeling unseen, be very careful stepping out of your marriage, going to, the, going to the side hustle, the side person who can give you one thing, attention. They're just giving you one thing, attention. All they had to do is give you attention and they gain access to your body sexually. I just had to double tap on a picture. That's all they had to do. Hey, heart emoji. And now they have access to your body because of the one thing they're giving you that is missing from your life. Whereas you have a spouse who has given you everything. They have walked with you through the fire, raised your kids, helped your house be what it is. And yes, there might be some struggle. Yeah, there might be some coldness, but don't throw away 90% for 10% because this isn't enough. We're trading everything we've built, chasing one feeling because we've lost sight of Jesus who is enough. Jesus is enough for your marriage. Jesus is enough for your mental health. Jesus is enough for your finances. He's enough for your business. He's enough for your health. And so instead of looking in all the wrong places, set your eyes back on him and find that stride again because you need to make a run for it. This is your time. You're on the clock. You don't get another chance. This is it. And we need that adrenaline in our souls because if Jesus did it for me I can do it for him so you're running your race my hope is that after today you can run it harder and in the right direction but whether you do or don't it's still happening I just hope when you finish you and Jesus will be so proud of the effort and if you don't know him like that, if you've never seen him like that, today I want to point you toward him. If you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Hebrews says that when we ref refocus ourselves on Jesus, it's like adrenaline for our souls. If you've never felt that rush of adrenaline, I wanna pray for you. 
If that's you and you say, Pastor Justin, I need Jesus, please pray for me. I need to repent. I need to follow him. Would you just lift your hands all over the room? Thank you. Thank you. If you're watching online, click that raise hand button. Wow, so many hands are going up. Yes, yes. Thank you. Whatever in the room and watching online, repeat this with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to live for you from this day forward. From now on, it's Jesus first and Jesus always. And at this moment, I want to pray over everyone in the room and watching online. If that's you and you're tired today, if you're one of those people that I talked about that feels weary, can I just proclaim over you that shot of adrenaline to the soul that Hebrews talks about, that just one look at Jesus rebuilds and revitalizes and restores the energy that is missing. If he dresses the lilies, how much more does he love you? If he's upholding the sun and the solar system in orbit, how much more can he uphold your life? He's enough. He's enough. And in first service, I was like praying fire down on people. But I really believe that in this moment, there's a healing that's happening. He's enough. He's enough. He's enough. And if he's enough, could you stop looking elsewhere? Maybe you've never tasted of his enoughness because you are filled with so many other things. Maybe it's time for you to just go right to him and no one else. I speak that healing into your soul, that adrenaline into your soul, because you're going to run this race and you're going to run it well. You're going to run it hard and in the right direction. And this energy that's in you is not meant for sin. It's not meant for shame. It's not meant for any of those things. Today is an independence day and I'm declaring independence from the burden of sin, independence from the burden of shame and running directly into the purpose that is crafted for you. Come on, church. If you believe that, say amen, amen, amen. Let's this concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.